Welcome, listeners, to Season 3, Episode 19 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Shar. And I'm Kelly. And this week, we're joined by our friend Steve from Vancouver by Night. Yay. Woo! Hi, Steve. Tell everybody about yourself and and, uh, VPN. Uh, Well, Vancouver by Night is a live playcast that we do. It's uh, based in the world of darkness, which is like our world, but spookier. It's a bit darker, but only very slightly darker. (laughs) (laughs) I think we established like last season that the world of darkness is like the second darkest timeline, like COVID and Trump kind of sealed it for ours. I would rather have uh, mages and werewolves, to be honest. Yeah, yeah there's, there's mages and werewolves in it. It's like, you know, the shadows are a bit darker. It's like a gothic punk aesthetic that they call it. Um, and I'm also joined in that particular playcast by Kelly and Char. That's us. Whoa! And Haley, Rose, and Joanna. Yeah. Who may, better be listening to this, because yeah. otherwise I'm going to give them shit. Shakes fist at the camera. I think we should all get, whoever listens should get extra experience. Ooh, but I'm in it. I mean, we automatically get extra experience. Let's ah, be that's yeah, what we're doing. Yeah. We're just for, just for having me on the show, you get extra XP. Yes. <laughs> that's a lie, by the way. Oh. Damn it. Well, I was going to say thanks so much for coming on, but now I'm not. No. <laughs> but this week we watched a movie that was recommended by Steve called Dog Soul. Soldiers from 2002, and we're going to start our horror discussion in a bit. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to be the hair of the dog. That's <laughs> 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 very metal. Very metal. <laughs> Thank you. This episode will contain discussion on animal death. So if that's something that you need to not hear today, feel free to skip this episode. So I made the drink this week. Ooh. And going directly with that segue of hair of the dog, this drink is called dog hair. Oh. <laughs> that explains uh, all of the, the loose hair that's in here. Yes. Um, you're welcome. It's actually buddy hair. Yeah. So the, it should be called cat hair. <laughs> this drink would definitely not be buddy approved, but I'm hoping that it is Kelly approved. Buddy likes juicy thing, juice stuff. It's there's not that much juice in this. There's a very small amount of fresh sugary things he like. He sniffs them, but then he like licks them and he's like, "Well, <laughs> well." But I'm really hoping that Kelly likes this. So I'm anxious to see uh, them take their first sip. All right, I'm going to sip cuz I made it with them in mind. Hmm. Your mom hated it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh it's very I was going to say smooth. It's very smooth, but then it has like a almost uh syrupy taste to it Mm. part of me thinks it needs like a twist like a like a like some sort of fruit rind or something yeah i put there is clementine in this oh but i did not put the uh, rind itself the walking dead yes yeah i don't actually know what a clementine is now that i think about it is it like a little orange oh there's another word that people call them and i forget but anyways, there is citrus in this, but it's mainly scotch. And then good. there's another secret ingredient that only our patrons will know. It is actually a good hangover drink, which is like... Thank you. Because it's not... If I woke up and I had a hangover, I wouldn't want a bottle of scotch because the burn would suck. But it's like the edge is cut off enough by the other ingredients that it's good. Yeah. I would drink, I would drink this 
maybe put a little bit of fizz in it because for some reason when I'm hungover, I really like um, like carbonated drinks. Yeah. Part of my hangover food, which was just KFC, (laughs) is that I used to like walking to KFC to get it because I would um, get the drink and then just sit there while I'm waiting for the food to be made, like filling it up with fountain drink and chugging Chugging it. And then I'm like full by the time I get home. <laughs> so maybe a little bit of, uh, actually, that'd be good too, because it's like a little syrupy. So add the carbonation. It's like a fountain drink. Ooh. I don't love it, but uh, I'm glad that you like it. And that was the whole point. So you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this week, we watched Dog Soldiers, which premiered on May 10th, 2002. It's written and directed by Neil Marshall, and it stars Sean Pertwee as Brave Sergeant Harry G. Wells, Kevin McKidd, a.k.a. Owen Hunt, as loyal dog lover Private Cooper, and Emma Cleesby as survivalist and lone woman zoologist Megan. This synopsis was written by Dismal Angel on IMDb. Thank you, Dismal. A British squad is set on a training mission in the highlands of Scotland against a special operations squad. Ignoring the childish campfire stories heard about the area, they continue with their mission and come across the bloody remains of the special ops squad. And a fierce howling is pitching the night sky. With two mortally wounded men, they make an escape, running into a zoologist by the name of Megan, who knows exactly what hunts them. What began as a training mission turns into a battle for their lives against the most unlikely enemies they would have expected. Werewolves. So Megan saves the soldiers and leads them to an isolated cabin where they hunker down. The group continues to get picked off one by one by the werewolves, with two of their own gravely wounded as well. Eventually, Megan reveals that she herself is also a werewolf and has been advising the soldiers incorrectly with strategies to fight off the dangerous wolves. A final battle ensues of werewolves versus soldiers, including some of the soldiers who turned into werewolves themselves, with Private Cooper making it out alive with his new canine companion, Sam. Do you want to play that trailer audio for me? I'd love to. Move your fucking ass, soldier! I love it when a posh bear talks dirty. What? Okay, so normally I find that our trailer sections kind of get a bit stale because it's usually us saying the same thing. And this is hard to convey in audio format because most of what was so weird about this trailer was written on the screen. But that was kind of fucked up. That, that, (laughs) so uh, if you're sitting at your computer right now or have your phone available, go check out Dog Soldiers 2002 official trailer number one HD from Scream Factory TV because so much of the weird f- fucking confusing texts had no words. Like there, that whole trailer was basically just grunts and effort noises yeah. and then one person talking. But then it's like six people are hunkered down fighting for their lives. Which one will survive? Who do you think will crack first? Did you choose the woman? Stop being so sexist. Uh, yeah. Which was cool, but also what? Like, <laughs> Who hired this marketing team and how do you get them fired? And then all the comments on this YouTube video are like, this is the worst trailer for such a good movie. (laughs) Like we're 
we're confused because I don't know if this is the real trailer or not, but it might be. And it's like the most schlocky B movie looking trailer I as well. Like all of the typography is basically like thriller and stuff like like it. it mm. Oh, I, boy. I'm so damn confused about this trailer. I mean, now it makes sense what that we've never heard of this movie before because the marketing team apparently sucked. Was awful. Yeah. Yeah. But let's jump into discussion. All right, go for yeah. it, Steve. You got any um, thoughts? I really like the movie. Like, <laughs> this is like my like all time kind of favorite horror movie. Um, it's it's kind of like it starts off like really weird. Like they they establish their MacGuffin at the beginning. Yeah, it's they, like the this... first scene. <laughs> it was, like, yeah. What do we use to deal with werewolves? Oh shit, silver. silver. You know, here's your little knife thing. Like. <laughs> Really? I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the knife that goes in the Scottish, uh, like, high socks and there's always, like, a dagger? Oh. Um, it it kind of looks that way, yeah. But huh. I think that, I think she was like, here's your promotion letter opener knife. Yeah, thing. it's pure silver. <laughs> yeah. Don't lose it. That's true. Yeah. It probably was just a letter opener. Don't, I'm don't reading too much Don't leave it out in our it. packing, like, our camping excursion, like... Which okay. I've done. I've left. My dad gave me a Swiss Army knife once, and I left it while camping. Oof. So not only was she very confident that he wouldn't lose it, but like that's camping expensive. isn't really a good place to like give people expensive gifts. Like, no. yeah, you got to drag it out, and then you got to pack it all up and bring it back with you. Yeah, it doesn't really hold up with like the feminism angle, though. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Tell me more, Steve. <laughs> well, there's like that, you know. The, the, your, you know, oh, it's my time of the month. Yeah. And when the, yeah, spoilers, by the way, watch the freaking movie first. <laughs> they really hit like the bullseye there with that joke. The yeah. nail yeah. on the head, yeah. the dead horse, <laughs> like everything. You could tell that was written by a man when she said yeah. that. <laughs> you, you could just envision like the actress kind of going, like, really? <laughs> this is what you want me to say but you're paying oh. me so yes of course yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll say it it's kind of interesting because the movie felt kind of like Predator and the fact that there was only one woman and she was written really poorly also feels like Predator <laughs> interesting <laughs> everybody should have flashbacks to the B-Dave episode now yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I was going to say I'm sad there was less homoerotic undertones they did talk about each other's nutsacks and like Butts well, and yeah. stuff a lot. <laughs> they, yeah, they also talked about the tattoo of the devil on the guy's ass. Yeah, that was perfectly preserved, and it's just like what a random, Chunk supposedly spooky like <laughs> campfire tale before a cow jumps on them or whatever. I mean, Cooper does say that he's only afraid of spiders and women. So, there, I mean, there were no spiders in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> And spider women. So that does kind of make it in the world of darkness, really, like when That's you true. think about it. True. Or he read Lord of the Rings and he was like, that's Shelob. I'm not for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I thought I was just afraid of spiders and women, but that's Shelob, I tell yeah. you. Now there's spider women and I'm petrified and I won't go out of my house ever again. Yeah. <laughs> not only was it an extremely, I think you mentioned this while you were watching, Shara, but like not feminist extremely white movie yeah that's kind yeah, of one of my comments oh okay never mind we won't talk there's, about it then there, there's a lot of white people in that movie yeah there's only white people in that movie well that's that's a lot isn't it yeah. really? and they're scottish which is basically the first white 
That's like the OG white, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure we've all got a little Scottish in us. <laughs> What's your next point, Steve? I like the action in it too. Like the shaky cam isn't too shaky. Like there's certain scenes where they're kind of trying to go for like a shaky cam type thing, but it's like, you can actually tell kind of what's going on in that particular scene. Yeah, totally. I found a movie that comes to mind when I think of shaky cam is the hunger games for me. And I just want to see what's happening. Please stop. Like (laughs) just put it on a porn movies. Oh, oh God. Yeah. yeah. Where it's just like, okay, um, they have this thing called a steady cam yeah. or some kind of a harness <laughs> you can put on your camera guy. You don't have to go handheld and then jump up and down when you're holding the camera. It, yeah. You don't you don't have to do that. But you're so right about the amount of action and the quality. Like we've seen a lot of bad fight choreography, and this movie did not have bad fight choreography. It had really good fight choreography. It was very convincing. Uh, there was a lot of stunt work that was really good. Spoon fucking oh, yeah. punches a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Many that's times. The, that's the scene I was going to mention when you mentioned the good fight choreography. It's <laughs> just like, it's like you've got nothing else left. He's like throwing plates and like trying to hit it, the werewolf with frying pans and shit. <laughs> and he hits so him good. like, and for some reason, the one shot, which always makes me laugh my ass off in that particular scene is where he hits the werewolf with the frying pan across the face. And then the tooth like embeds in the wall. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they like zoom in on it for like two or three seconds. And you're like, did you just set that up for this shot? Like- <laughs> Definitely. The like the like comedy action. Like there's a lot of really good action movies that have like comedy through their action. I always go back to John Wick because... There's a shot in the third John Wick where he's just throwing knives at the guy and he's so frustrated, but it's like hilarious, even though it's like a really visceral action scene. Yeah. And there was a lot of really good moments like that in this movie and it usually oh, yeah. involved Spoon hitting. When the, Yeah, when they I think it's Spoon when they send him out as the distraction like near the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, like does the soccer like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he stood there for a really long time before running. I was like, yeah. you're brave. That's incredible. Those werewolves are idiots. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're just like, they're supposed to be in the tree line, like surrounding the house and surrounding, like moving around the house and trying to find a way in. But, you know, he stands out there for a good like minute and they're like, okay. I guess we'll yeah. go get him. Yeah, eventually we'll get him. (laughs) I think he was also the one that like just grabs like a like I think it was Cooper that runs up and splashes the hot water on the werewolf and then just grabs the pot and starts hitting the werewolf with it. That was funny. That was good. (laughs) Well, yeah, like that was kind of you could tell in that particular part of it where Cooper kids had set that up earlier. But it's just like this is kind of a tactic that you would probably use against werewolves like if you don't have any silver like get something you can burn them with or get something to like distract them he told the guy like earlier to like keep some pots boiling on this on the stove and it's like hmm why the hell is he doing that and then it paid off in like (laughs) spectacular fashion yeah i assumed it was for like to sterilize the water so that he could wash away the captain's open gut (laughs) yeah That was intense. But yeah, Cooper had some forethought when it came to burning things that were trying to get through the doors. Yeah. I did think it was kind of dumb that one of the first things the soldiers do is like, okay, we're fighting werewolves and we're inside their home. Let's look for silver shit. (laughs) 
And then at least the the woman is like, obviously they're not going to have silver in here. That would be dumb. And I was like, that was exactly what I had said like moments before. Why are they doing this? This is stupid. Like what what self-respecting werewolf like keeps silver kicking around? Yeah. That's like a vampire that's just like, you know, I got my lucky steak just in case. (laughs) Just in case. Just in case. Well, the, the one thing that I did, I didn't know before I watched the movie, but I do now is that blues apparently used to seal wounds. Oh, yeah. Oof. I knew that from cutting my hand open and not having bandages. And I like <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to get stitches. And then I looked it up. And yeah, you can just use super glue to close off your wounds. It's well, yeah, not like toxic. I have a I have a mark on my wrist because I was helping to open a store like it's just like a temp job type thing. And they were like throwing cardboard into me and i basically got the like the huge cardboard oh. like slash across my wrist but it's just like we went to the hospital and they're like okay we're gonna glue this shut and i'm like seriously <laughs> okay but, uh, okay sure uh, whatever works i guess i mean it makes sense that kevin mckid would know that because he's a trauma surgeon from Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Doc, is, I, I think we've had this discussion before, but he's not Dr. Sexy. It's another one that's Dr. Sexy yeah. MD or yeah. something. Okay. But he is uh, Owen Hunt. But this is a great segue. Thank you, Kelly, <laughs> for my first point, which is, oh, man, Kevin McKidd, a man after my own heart. I love him. He's great. He's great in Grey's Anatomy, and he's great in this movie, too. Okay, okay. Kevin McKidd. Hugh Jackman. Oh, that's so hard. Come on. Can I, I mean, have you can two say boyfriends? Both you, <laughs> yeah, you can. Both of them's fine, too. Um, well, the, the Hugh Jackman. I Hugh think Jackman. I would still choose Hugh Jackman, but um, I loved him. I really empathize with him in the, like, not opening scene, but his introduction scene where he's doing his, I don't know, CIA training. Not CIA, the Army. Special Forces training. Yeah, yeah. sure. It's all the same to me. I don't know what the Scottish version <laughs> of, like, the Spetsnats are. But it's pretty much the same thing. Like it's all still the same country right yeah, now, basically, <laughs> until Brexit's over yeah. or something. Then they got to get their own special forces. The whole big <laughs> deal. But he, his, a commanding officer tells him to shoot this dog, and he's like, no. And he really holds his ground, which I empathized with. And then, of course, very sadly, the dog dies anyway. But then, for the rest of the movie, he makes friends with another dog named yeah. Sam. Yeah. We go, we go through so many training dogs that way. Like, yeah. It's it just awful. seems like a bit of a waste because it's like, how many hours did you spend training that dog and now you're just going to shoot it? Like, Yeah. And I really? just love animals and like <laughs> just celebrate the bond of man and dog. Just let them be happy. It is one of those things where and I see in your notes the movie that you're going to reference, but it's like you train with this dog and then you go out into battle and if the dog get in, gets injured, you're going to have to put it down. So you might as well put it down ahead of time so that you build up that callus on your heart. No, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it made me think of the movie Kingsman with Colin Firth, where there's like a bunch of spy trainees, spoilers for Kingsman. And at the end of their training, they're tasked with killing their dog, who they earned, like they grew up together. They got them as puppies. But then when they go to shoot the dog, there's no bullets in it. It's just to prove that they would be willing to shoot the dog. And when this was happening in this film, I was like, oh yeah, this is, I know what's happening. This is okay. And then the dog died and it was so (laughs) sad. Well, they, yeah, fucking Sir Davos, young Sir Davos, like does a shot. Super young Sir Davos. (laughs) (laughs) Really young Sir Davos. No beard. No beard. (laughs) Uh, Got all his fingers still. 
uh, he shows like the clip of his pistol and there's no clip in it, which makes you think that there's no bullet. But I forgot that you can still have one in the chamber and take out the clip. So I was like, oh, this is just a training exercise. But it wasn't. And Sir Davos is a dog killer. So, yeah, it's true. It's probably why you got in trouble in uh, the Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Melisandre really loves dogs. And she's like, <laughs> I see you on your night. I see you. And then my last point is just that we kind of already touched on it, but I really agree with your comments about the treatment of women, Steve, in this movie. And when I watch a film like this, like any sort of army men movie, I'm like, okay, it goes with the genre. I'm not going to anticipate much feminism from this film. But there was none. (laughs) (laughs) At least then a woman showed up and she was cool. And then she became the villain, which at least she was a good villain. Yeah. yeah, Like, I I think that's pretty much the only like really big flaw in the movie where it's just like they could have kind of switched it up a bit and had like that being the scene where the special forces guy or whatever turned into a werewolf. Yeah. Just like have him secretly communicating with them. Totally. And then just have the woman like survive with Kevin McKidd. Mm. Yeah. But they would rather not only get it wrong, but also then like emphasize how wrong they got it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause like she makes the comment. It's like, you think all women or you think they're all bitches, but you can't trust women. Don't trust women. It's my time of the month. Stab, stab, stab. Yeah. Oof. But yeah, at least the yeah. rest of the dialogue was good. And like the film itself, I really had low expectations. Steve, you super undersold this. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was kind of blown away. Like the dialogue is really great. It's really well written. The character bonds were super strong and I really appreciated it. And it, this is a movie that I'll watch again for sure. Yeah, we put, we've, We're going to put you, Steve, up on the wall with like Iffy, where you came with a movie we've never seen before. And we did not expect anything. And then we watched it and it was fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> High yeah, five. Good job. It's time for Whispers from Beyond. I wanted to start off with an extra special shout out today for our new patron, Janet. Thank you so much for your support, Janet. We couldn't do the show without you. And we hope that you enjoy your new Patreon benefits. Pew, 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 including the pre-fear of this very episode. Pew, 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 pew. I don't know how much uh, Janet actually donated or is a patron, so I don't know. <laughs> if you become a patron at $10, everybody out there, you can listen to the pre-fear episodes. This also is a part of our show where we get to thank our listeners for the reviews that they leave us and have uh, a little conversation. Do you want to read off this review? Sure. I'm historically great at reading. I'm really excited to hear you read. This one is from CBH1019 on Apple Podcasts, and they say, Favorite podcast ever. Hell yeah. If you're looking for the perfect horror movie podcast, you have struck gold. Everything they give from the trailer audio to mum reviews uh, to scaredy (laughs) facts. No mum reviews this time. It's so much fun while also being able to discuss serious queer and feminist topics. I have been listening to this podcast for so long now, I feel like I'm part of Kelly and Shar's relationship. You are, all of you. Definitely deserves more than five stars. Aw, thanks. Star and then purple heart. Aw, yeah. I didn't know you could do emojis in Apple Podcasts. Ah, uh, yeah, you can. Heck yes. Fancy. Thanks so much, CBH1019. We really appreciate it. That's amazing. I'm glad that you feel so connected to us because that's the whole point of our trivia section. Mm-hmm. You deserve more than five stars. Wink. Kelly, do you have any points? I do. <laughs> so right off the bat, this movie felt 
extremely low budget. Like the whole camping scene and like the really awkward sex scene and stuff like that. I was expecting it to be like every bit of action happens off screen and it kind of like maintains just the feeling of low budget, but all of the like graphic gratuitous deaths and stuff, you know, as a film connoisseur that that stuff is expensive, but like the cinematography and the capturing of the action never loses that feeling of low budget, which really gives it like an in the moment, like visceral feel like you're just standing there with all of the other soldiers as this stuff is happening. Uh, and a head makes, gets like thrown at you. Yeah, head get, oh, heads yeah. get thrown. That, that's that's what I was going to mention. Where it's just like like because there's some action that does happen off screen, but it's it's I think that's the point of that particular action. Like the head throwing is awesome. Yeah, like that because the werewolf like you see it like lean down and like finish off biting through the neck, and then it just tosses the head at the guy, and then he so drives good. out of the back. It was cool how. <laughs> smart they were and it wasn't just like pack smarts of dogs but like really tactical one of them shot a shotgun yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was surprising as fuck <laughs> but like well yeah cause you, you expect I was expecting something else to happen in that scene like I, cause he kept like inching forward and like cocking the shotgun and shooting it inching forward cocking the shotgun and shooting it you were expecting like the werewolves you know grab this guy and he's fucking dead it's to that's it it's over but he grabs the shotgun <laughs> and you're like oh shit and shoots it back at him <laughs> yeah and like that those action scenes were always like there was little build up to a lot of the stuff which with like jump scare movies, it sucks to have no build up and then a jump scare. But for action scenes, we're like, in particular, I think the first one that really caught Shar and I off guard is when the captain gets like eviscerated and just lands in frame with his guts fully out. And we yeah. just both of us screamed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like they, they never give you an opportunity to be ready for any of the action that happens, which is so realistic for like being there. It's yeah, it, I think that really was very good and made me love this movie where it's like, oh, you're just running through the woods and a werewolf. Oh, your guts are out. And you're like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Kevin McKidd has to pack it all back in there. Uh, and, like, and he just this shoves goes here, it. This Keeps goes shoving over here. it. The captain's it's like, leave me. And he's like, no, we're going to put it in. It's going to fit. And he's like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> no! <laughs> here, hold on to this for me. <laughs> yeah, hold this. I'll shoot at the thing. And then, the like, it. I imagine, like, adrenaline kicked in. But... <laughs> also, werewolf powers... <laughs> I don't like yeah that's true he, he got super that healed that's and why crazy glue yeah and super glue fixed everything <laughs> yeah and like that scene where cooper and you said that his h his name was hg wells yeah which H harry g wells i didn't include this in the trivia but the character <laughs> named hg wells gave someone else a Timekeeper H.G. Wells wrote the time. Do you get it? Oh, uh, but I in particular that scene where they like drop through the ceiling, pushing the table up against the wall. Like it was all shot as if someone just put the camera in the corner and then told yeah. them to like barricade themselves. It was all really you felt like you were there. And I can't reiterate that point enough. I mean, they were in the werewolves house. So you can see why the werewolves were angry because they came in and smashed up all the plates and like tossed everything around. Yeah, it's a real dick move. Yeah, just boarded up the windows. Like, who does that? Like, <laughs> they goldilocks. The squatters are the these. They're just trying place. to get rid of squatters, really. Yeah. <laughs> Another fact I didn't mention is that there's a lot of little Red Riding Hood allegories. 
Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's part of what she mentions when she turns. They bring finally. it up some something about Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of trivia that I didn't include of like the writer just putting blatant, not deserved references to things, which that's fine. It was a fun movie, but it's like when you really nail down how many references he made, you're like. Did you even write a movie or did you just take <laughs> references to things and cobble them together? Slapdash a bunch of references together and have it be like, it's like the one idea I had for a movie where it's just like, you know, technically you could probably write a movie with like all of the dialogue being like music song titles. Yeah. That's like the Sean, Shonda Rhimes names Oliver Gray's Anatomy episodes. A, After a song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So my second point is that I don't really understand how she didn't automatically turn into a werewolf. Yes, I was very, very confused about that. I don't get it either. There's that. And then there's like everybody who was infected. Like, I don't know why they didn't start to turn semi soon either. It was just like there's some sort of like you write it off as like a, you know, new werewolf delay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, oh, I got infected it takes a while for the infection to take over my body that's kind of something i think it was a bit of that and like their injuries had to heal but that has nothing to do with her like what was her superpower she's been been a a human all night like is it some feminine powers that the other family doesn't have is she like specifically supposed to be the honeypot that gets everybody into the house and that gives her the secret powers of not turning into a werewolf it's the MacGuffin powers <laughs> i don't under i don't like she has special plot powers it's okay yeah she wasn't even one of the oldest vamp or werewolves either like she mentioned yeah she, she went up there and then i think they turned her or something or yeah so it's not like she, she... developed this ability super over time. strength or something unless like she just got turned last year and maybe there's some idea that like oh if you're a new vamp a new werewolf you can turn later in the night or something it seemed so like she had been so practiced in this like it was a skill that she had like a power that she was activating which was really cool but i just don't i don't know i don't how I, she got it i don't really yeah, like if, if the well yeah if the entire family kind of had to turn into werewolves then you would assume that somebody who just wandered along like maybe her fancy book learning yeah about werewolves she did say she allowed went to her to like <laughs> you know tap behind her ear or something a couple times and then she oh i don't have to turn into a werewolf tonight yeah. it's fine <laughs> don't worry about it that was gonna be my addition is like if the family doesn't have to turn into werewolves then like it's a huge why would they it's a dick move to turn into yeah. werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> like we instead of just ordering some chicken like ordering a, a bunch of chicken and cows having it on our farm for the like when the moon is full and then we just eat them and then we go back to sleep which also why didn't they just do that if i knew i was a werewolf and i was going to turn into a werewolf every full moon i would stock up on cattle and stuff i think that they can't I mean, even control themselves that as humans though they sort of alluded to it when like they had that scene at the beginning where the cow kind of jumps off the cliff yeah conveniently onto the fire (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it's just like why wouldn't the werewolves have eaten this cow like why would they why would they go after the most dangerous game of humans just fucking with them i guess they want it yeah and they have scenes where it's like, visit lovely Scotland, come and see our hairy cows as they're walking by in the background. It's just like, they're cows right here, man. Yeah, come eat on. those ones. Like, just, just 
Because it's also like you might accidentally turn one of these people into a werewolf, which happens twice in the movie. So, like, do you want to grow your pack? Maybe they want to take over the world. But they turned like they run the risk of turning an asshole in that they turned get Davos. I mean, if Davos survived the night, (laughs) you would probably go back to his military ops people and be like, I got it. I got the lycanthropy people. I'm going to become the super soldier that you always wanted. And there's another like B movie we set up right there. <laughs> yeah. right? Super dog soldiers, super dog soldiers oh, of the SS. <laughs> yeah. I just don't understand. I, I wish that there was more explanation, but I guess it's also scarier if you don't understand. Yeah. We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. Hey, everybody. If you want to support the show, we recommend going to Patreon, patreon.com slash drink and scream. Right now we have a new initiative. We're trying to reach $150 per month of Patreon support. And if we do, we're going to do monthly watch alongs of horror films where we all get together virtually, of course, and watch a film together. Uh, right now we're officially halfway to our goal. Thank you so much. Extra special thank you to Janet for pushing us over the halfway <laughs> mark. All the information you could ever need about us is on our website, drinkingandscreaming.com. We have new holiday designs featured on mugs, shirts, bags, and more. So maybe you'd like to get some holiday shopping done on our merch store at uh, drinkingandscreaming.threadless.com. This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by Evil Amy's Terror Shop, who provided us with some amazing goodies to talk about on our episodes. Today, I'm going to chat about their set of four Funko Pop figures that we received. But really, I think Kelly should, because they're witchy, they're cool, they're badass women. We got the entire set of leading ladies from the craft. Woo! Not the new craft, the one that's coming out, but the classic craft. Yeah! And I found a section of this fifth wheel that we record in that has like a ledge. So now I'm putting all of the pop figures we get from Evil Amy's up on that ledge. Ooh, Except I like the ones it. that Shar claims. Those some, go inside. Sometimes they're for me. <laughs> <laughs> we also still have our new horror candles, the final girl and the Jersey Devil from Liz's Horror Candles. We've been playing D&D with my mom recently, and I'm one of those DMs that if you're playing in person, I like to scent like set like the mood of like Ooh. sound and rain and lighting and candles and scents. And I've actually started using the various candles that we got from them for different situations to make the room smell all ambient and stuff like that. Woodsy. Woodsy. Yeah, they're out in the woods a lot, so Ooh. it's been working great. So if you want these for D&D and other reasons, <laughs> go to horrorcandles.com and use the code DRINKSCREEN10 for 10% off your first purchase of three or more candles. Do you want to tell people where they can find you, Steve? I do. Twitch.tv backslash Vancouver by night for the main one. And I have a secondary one, which is the twitch.tv backslash level up underscore TTV. And that is a lot of stuff to say all at once. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream on Facebook at drink and scream. And you can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com. If you do, we might just read it on the show. Back to the episode. Back, back. Good boy. What's that coming from the sky? Oh, it's a tome and it's covered in human skin. Let's investigate it. It's time oh to God. open the Reconomica. Spooky sounds. Uh, <laughs> I'm, pl- 
playing more Wait. with intros and stuff to uh, leading is, up to it. Is this the one that bites me? Like when I put my hand near it? No, that's the is- that's the monster book of monsters from the witching school that we do not name anymore. I'll go first. <laughs> All right, you go first. My recommendation <laughs> is Maid of Honor from 2008 because <laughs> it also stars Kevin McKinn. You can't do that. It You're is, not allowed to do that. This is my show and I can do whatever I want because this movie is not a horror podcast. Or a horror podcast. This is not a horror podcast. This is not a horror podcast. This is a rom-com podcast now. <laughs> but yeah, it's not a horror movie at all, but an awful and great romantic comedy. So this is Maid of Honor from 2008. I recommend Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters from 2013, and you can't do anything about it. Okay, why it's do you recommend che- it? It's a cheesy, slocky, bad movie, but it's got Jeremy Renner, who plays Hawkeye, and now he's Jason Bourne, which... I don't know. But what's the tie from that movie and this movie? about, I'm sure they fight a werewolf at some point. It's about folklore. All right, there you go. Thank you. I just need something that connects the dots. What do you recommend, Steve? I have, well, it's funny that you mentioned connecting the dots because I can actually connect the dots in a six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of way Mm. with my recommendation. So, Dog Soldier said Kevin McKidd. <laughs> Kevin McKidd was in Grey's Anatomy with Catherine Hagel. Mm-hmm. Catherine Hagel was in a show called Roswell with Jason Beer. Jason Beer is in the movie I'm recommending <laughs> called Skinwalkers. <laughs> Which is where a 12-year-old boy and his mother are targets of two warring werewolves packs. <laughs> you could but have just said werewolves! werewolves. <laughs> that's, that's the werewolves. connection is there's werewolves in it. I, I, I go the long way around. <laughs> I mean, it's got skinwalkers, which are the like more classic werewolves, too. Yeah. Yeah. Warring, warring werewolf tribes on motorcycles. Like, what's not to like? <laughs> what is this movie again? Skinwalkers. Nice. Very good. All right, that brings us to... Da-da-da! Scaredy facts. For those of you just joining us for the first time, or for those of you who just love the story like I do, this is the part of our show where we invite you into our relationship to snuggle under a blanket, on the couch, or maybe even in our bed as we discuss horror movie trivia. Welcome, Steve. (laughs) Um, Thanks. Wasn't quite expecting to go this far with buying me dinner first, so... It's okay. It's that time of the month. (laughs) (laughs) The budget for this movie was an estimated $2 million. Actually pretty good. It was low budget. I feel like that's mostly explosions. And all the prosthetics on these werewolves. They had like four werewolves in one shot at one point. Hell yeah. That was cool. Uh, Fun fact, it was only three because they only hired three people to play werewolves at any given time. Uh, The cumulative worldwide gross is... 3.5 3.5 million. So they made almost double their money. That's how you yeah. got to look at it. Uh, <laughs> sure. Where you saw the big name horror films that make a bajillion of dollars, I mean, but this is still a very much success. I legit had this. The name of this movie never crossed my lips until Steve recommended it. So I was like, much like Skinwalkers, much like Skinwalkers. <laughs> my first fact is. In the scene where Wells asks Cooper to knock him out, Kevin McKidd, Cooper, throws a stage punch the first time. He's a trained professional. Of stage course. Punch. But he misjudges the distance on the second one and catches Sean Pertwee on the nose. Oof. Luckily, Pertwee was too drunk during that scene to actually feel the punch. <laughs> what? Because he thought it, he would be able to play the character better if he was wasted. Wow. Well, yeah, because in that particular scene, they're like trying to like 
you know, liquor him up a little bit so he feels a little less pain. And I guess that wasn't actually apple juice no. in that whiskey <laughs> bottle. He asked the director if he could have a few drinks, and the director didn't know what a few drinks meant, and apparently that meant getting <laughs> Get <drunk>. slosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's probably like a few drinks to Lemmy. Like, yeah, it's a few drinks to a Scotsman. So, but that scene was really funny when he's like, he's like, punch me, and without hesitation, he punches him, and then he's like, you're a pussy, and then punches him again. <laughs> It was good. <laughs> My second fact is that the movie probably takes place on the 1st and 2nd of September 2001, as England did indeed beat Germany 5-1 to one in the night of the 1st, and those nights were indeed full moons. That's nice that they put that much effort in, because normally... Wow movies like yeah, that is- give specific dates and they have specific things that happen on them and it doesn't add up at all like that wasn't a wednesday yeah. or whatever wow that is a lot of background apparently <laughs> I, there's a lot of facts i didn't include but apparently the director was like extremely adamant about continuity well he directed edited and wrote yeah the whole thing like there, this is his baby there was a fact about there was a clock in the house that he knew would cause continuity issues, so he broke it and just had it stay like dead the entire movie because he knew that he wouldn't be able to edit it in a way that it made sense. Like he was very adamant about making all of the continuity good. Good, I appreciate it. All right, this one is weird in that it's like backtracking back to this movie. This fact isn't about this movie, but it's about a later thing that references this movie. So the superglue scene is actually referenced in the Dresden Files book, Small Favor. A female character is disemboweled and talks about how superglue was invented in Vietnam during the Vietnam War in order to stick wounded soldiers back together. But then she says that she saw it in a movie about werewolves. Hey, this (laughs) movie. (laughs) So the Dresden Files, which I'm pretty sure has werewolves in it, references a movie about werewolves. I guess it's kind of how it makes you wonder if it's canon in the Dresden Files. Like these are actually those werewolves. It's kind of how like in when we play Vampire the Masquerade, like the movies like Underworld and Blade and Twilight exist (laughs) in those universes. Totally. Where it's like, how is the masquerade cool with them making those movies? Because it's fake. Oh, yeah. It's just hot, twinkly. You got to hide in, in plain sight. My final fact, maybe, is that being Scottish, Kevin McKidd, Uh, who plays Cooper, spotted that there is nowhere in Scotland that is a four-hour drive from anywhere, as mentioned by Megan in the film, but he chose not to say anything. So he knew that that line was bullshit. Because Scotland is small. It's tiny. And he's like, what, four-hour drive to anywhere? That doesn't make sense. But this this line makes sense because Megan is being an unreliable narrator because she's trying to trick them into staying in that house. Uh... So, So Kevin would have not fallen for this wily lady haha having having actually been to scotland it's true it's kind of tiny soldiers would also (laughs) know that soldiers would know where they're being state or like dropped into well that that was that was actually cooper's second introduction when he like when they all drop in from the helicopter yeah like he he's actually their navigator Mm -hmm. so they don't (laughs) know he's the guy telling them like this is where we are right now yeah. and we've got to go this way and find Maybe this. He never and he's looking her. at a map. <laughs> it's like, you have a map, Cooper. Yeah. Like, come on, man. What happened to that map? You gained equipment. You didn't lose any. Yeah. All right. It's time for pew, 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 pew. Gun facts. <laughs> See, I can do it too. I appreciate it. All right. This is a lot to read, so I'm not going to let you guys interject. I'm yes. just going to list a bunch of letters and, and numbers. Power through. <laughs> As one does. 
Cooper, Wells, Ryan, and even Megan used the commercial Browning High Power Mark III 9x19mm. Captain Ryan briefly wields a Heckler and uh, Koch P2A1 flare pistol. Ooh. All right, this is the biggest chunk because this just says this just says all the guns, guys. Oh God! All right, <clears throat> this you're down. <laughs> the squad initially starts out with SA80s in the early scenes of the film while they are still on a exercise, and then after the they liberate equipment from the special ops camp, the weapons are one MP5 used by Cooper. S.J. Wells, Bruce, and this isn't, why would it, oh, sorry, one as in like, first point. Number one, yeah. Number one, MP5s used by Cooper, Sergeant Wells, Bruce, and initially Terry. Most of the MP5s are fitted with surefire weapon lights. Some have dual magazines uh, clamped together, and several seem to have mid-range scopes installed. Number two, Mossberg 500 shotgun used by Joe, and... Number three, Heckler and Koch HK-41, used initially by Spoon, who later trades with Terry after they are rendered state stranded at the farmhouse. The weapon is later lost when Terry is dragged away by the werewolf. The flash hider was removed from the gun. A sli- slimline handguard was fitted, and the block was attached to the receiver behind the ejected port, possibly to act as a brass deflector. The weapon can be identified as an HK-41 by its lack of battle magazine release lever and it's two position fire selector all the sidearms in the film are nine nine millimeter browning hps good job i love whoever wrote this because that's <laughs> that's a lot of detail an intense i don't amount. think I actually we've ever I had that mute on my before. mic so i wouldn't just laugh over <laughs> the entire thing i mean they are special ops so it makes sense that they would specially like outfit their weapons depending on the situation that they need to go in vis-a-vis fighting werewolves all right sure you have to do this one because this is your section <gasps> Carfax. <laughs> Megan's car was a Land Rover 109 Series 2. And the Land Rover in the barn was a 1971 Land Rover 109 Series 3 soft top. Nice. I appreciate that. It's almost that. like they got a deal on Land Rovers yeah. for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so many car facts, so many gun facts, and so many regular facts. Thank you, Kelly. That was good. You're welcome. I also dropped a few of the little facts in there during the episode. Yeah. That means we're we're at the end. It's time for final thoughts. I can go first. <laughs> My final thought is that the practical effects were so cool. We kind of talked about it already, but like it was really tough to watch some of them, especially Sam eating the intestines of one of the uh, <laughs> soldiers. But then apparently that was oh, yeah, actually bonus fact. Go ahead, Kelly. Uh, the director originally wanted Sam to bite the intestines, but he thought it was too much. So he had Sam bite the bandages, but the bandages are so blood soaked that he was like, either the viewers are going to think that they're intestines, in which case good, or they'll think that the bandages are really just extremely bad, which will also be good. But they looked, it looked so much. We screamed so fucking much when that happened. Like intestines. But (laughs) such a good actor, Pupper. Yeah. My mom came up and she's like, what's going on? And we're like, the dog is biting the intestines. I was trying to eat meatballs at the time. (laughs) Steve, what's your final thought? I legit thought that they were going to be throwing up. Like there was a throw up scene. Oh, yeah. Because the one guy ate the soup. But I thought that they were going to reveal something that they sort of didn't reveal till the end, which was the bodies hanging in the basement. Yeah. I thought that was part of the soup. Oh, that the, that the <laughs> humans were just making human soup? Yes. That would the be, werewolf humans. Did the, but does that mean the Were- werewolves had like like a little apron on and they're cooking up some oh, stew yeah. with some 
humans? Oh, yeah. Maybe she was lying when she said that the humans were nice. <laughs> I think that might have been a lie. Um, well, yeah, because they were, they were hanging in the basement. And the one thing, like, for me, that automatically in any movie, regardless of the sound quality, that has my hair stand on end on, like, my arms and everything, just gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's like the nails on the chalkboard sound, mm. which the sword going into the mouth oh! and it's scraping on his teeth. I was just like, oh, my God. I that No, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, man. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be my final thought is it's been a while since Char and I have watched a horror movie that like I just scream because there's yeah. no other reaction. And that was that's a good reaction to have from a movie, especially one that's trying to be so visceral. What a good recommendation. Thanks, Steve. No problem. <laughs> now go watch Skinwalkers, I guess. <laughs> See like werewolves on motorcycles. I mean, now I have to. <laughs> Well, that's been Dog Soldiers, a movie about little puppers. Little puppers going and killing some soldiers. They're just a cute little family of puppers. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? In theory, you could figure that the werewolves were taking revenge for that first dog. Because it was like a month later. <laughs> yeah. Next week, we'll be starting our Happy Horror Days event by watching Frozen from 2010. Not that Frozen. Don't worry. What? I don't believe you. And remember, always scream responsibly. Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drinkandscream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com. 